You're listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook. By the grace of God, this sermon could not come at a better time. We're heading into the Easter season at the end of a hard time in the church that we call Lenten, uh, which is a time where we say we take uh, inventory. Lenten is that time when you take spiritual inventory, a long, hard look at yourself. At the beginning of this season called Lent, if y'all remember, we observed Ash Wednesday. And uh, Ash Wednesday, I put ashes on my head and many of your heads and we talked about the idea of because we're mortal, because of sins, we will die. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And there's a lot of truth to that. But we also talked about the idea that we can be honest about death and our messy lives and our wrongdoings and our brokenness. And we can do that in a way where we do not despair. Because unlike the rest of the world, unlike the rest of the world that tries to pretend that these problems don't exist, that I just mentioned, how dark we are, our mortality, and they want to just play those down as if they don't happen in our lives. We as believers are honest about it. Why? Because Jesus was honest about it. And he was also brutally honest about our remedy for our sins, not just our sins, and our notions of death. And, and we need truth. What we realize is we just need good, honest truth in our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm past the point of people giving me platitudes or things that only work short term or hearing uh, about things that I know are just shortcuts and treating symptoms to my root cause. Again, we need real truth in our life that goes down to our souls. And Jesus is going to talk about that today. And it's probably, again, just like we've seen in John over and over again, it's probably not what you expect. So what is this truth that he's going to talk about today? Well, let's, let's read our passage. If you have your Bible, you can turn to John 8. If you do not, as always, we have it printed for your convenience in the order of worship. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, and you're truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered, we're the offspring of Abraham. We have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will be free? And Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you're the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me. Because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father. And you do what you have heard from your father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, show us some truth today that sets us free. Um, get us out of the bondages that we know we have, except for we just don't want to admit it. Help us to not be in denial or to be prideful. And to not think about this just applying to someone else, but sink it deep into our heart. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. And thank you for your son. In his name I pray. Amen. So, y'all know this 
we're a nation that talks about freedom, and we talk about the pursuit of freedom and freedom more than any other country probably in the history of the world in a lot of ways. But when you ask people how they would define true freedom, you get so many different answers. But what we mean by freedom is generally this notion of something along the lines of we want to be able to go where we like and do whatever we want and say whatever we think. And it's worth examining that, thinking about that for a, a little bit to go a little deeply of what Americans mean by freedom. Franklin uh, Roosevelt, he once laid out this idea of these four freedoms in a speech that he gave in 1941. He said, everyone has, this is Franklin uh, Roosevelt, he said, everyone has a right to speech and expression, the freedom to worship God in their own way, freedom from want, freedom from fear, which he means war or freedom from terrorism. And a lot of times when you hear Americans talk about things, they don't name the first, the second, or the fifth amendment, uh, which are all good things. But let's get practical here for a minute, because we throw this term around freedom all the time. In a place like ours, most of the time, we have the ability to determine our future in our minds in some way, to be the kind of person that we feel like we want to be. But when I talk about people around me and folks on a daily basis, when they talk about freedom or bondage, they're usually talking about freedom from money worries, having control of their own time, freedom from stress or from worry or from just anxiety. And freedom sometimes means, practically speaking, just doing whatever they want without consequences. But I'm here to tell you today, in the passage that we're going to look at, you can have all of those things that we have mentioned today, all those freedoms, and you can still be in bondage. And Jesus is about to tell us more about that in the passage today. We're going to look at the three points, and those three points, as always, are in the order of worship there. We're going to talk about the statement that's made by Jesus. We're going to talk about the response by the Jews. And then we're going to talk about the explanation of the Son. So let's look at verse 31. Jesus said to the Jews, and you see what it says? Who had believed in him? These are not the ones that were trying to arrest him last time we saw. These are the ones that actually uh, had believed in him. And he's talking to them and he says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. I don't know about you, uh, a lot of times when I think about the idea of freedom, I'm thinking about the Braveheart movie where he's like running around, freedom, if you've seen that before. Yeah, I got a few people are like, I'm thinking the same thing. See, uh, in the, the movie Braveheart explained the, the uh, exploits of William Wallace as he led the Scottish people against rebellion against the, the King of England. And, and his victories became more and more numerous. You know, he just started in the countryside. His reputation became the stuff of legends at a certain point. One day he comes to lead some more Scottish warriors into battle who had never met him before. And he announced to the soldiers, right? Sons of Scotland, I am William Wallace. They're like, you're not William Wallace. And one of the warriors said, William Wallace is seven foot tall. And he says, yes, I know. And he kills men by the hundreds. And if he was here, he would consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his rear end. <laughs> Right? But then he said, but he says, but listen, I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance against tyranny, looking for freedom. Will you fight? Now suppose they replied, We will not follow or fight for you. We're waiting for the will, real William Wallace to appear. And we would see the absurdity of the situation, right? 
There was what they had imagined as William Wallace. He didn't exist. There was no other William Wallace there. If they didn't follow him, their wait for another leader was going to be delusional. Well, see, in the same way here, with the people of Israel have been reading about the God in the Scriptures for their whole lives. They've been looking for the Messiah to come. And now he show, showed up in person. But they had been reading it the wrong way, and they missed God right in front of them. So today we're going to be dealing with several questions here. How, how does Jesus confront this? What, what is truth? How can we know the truth? And, and how does that relate to freedom? Like, how does truth actually make you free? I'm talking about the true freedom that Jesus says we actually need. Now you notice, again, these were not Jews in general. These are actually the ones that believe in him. Now, but he has another challenge for them. You notice how Jesus never sells himself? He doesn't make it easy on people. Uh, he, he's, he, he's very confrontational in this. He's trying to separate the, the, the people that really believe and, and the ones that, that, that say they believe here. He says, if you really think I'm the Messiah, you're going to see what I say is ultimate truth. And you'll experience a freedom when you do unlike anything you have ever known. So let's see their response here. Verse 33, they answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham. We have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will be free? Now, if you know anything about the history of the Jewish people in the Bible as recorded in the Bible, this is the craziest response I've ever heard by the Jews. It, it, when Jesus is talking to them, they said, we have never been enslaved by anyone. I'm thinking, what? Y'all remember the stories, right? They've been enslaved by the Egyptians, then the Assyrians, then the Babylonians, then the Persians, then the Greeks, the Egyptians again, then the Syrians, and at that very time, they were oppressed by the Roman Empire. One famous rabbi, this is that fascinating, that actually wrote during the same time as John, said all the Israelites in their mind are sons of kings, meaning Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, and Solomon. And in their eyes, they think they were simply free because they are Abraham's offspring. However, the freedom that Jesus is speaking of here is not hereditary. It was spiritual freedom. Something they, priding themselves as Jews, would have never guessed that they needed and already thought they were free. Because at least the Roman government at that time was letting them have their temple and letting them practice religion. They would have never guessed that Jesus was talking about spiritual bondage instead of what he's talking about. It's often been said, right, the first step is admitting that one has a problem. Many of us today do not want to admit that we have a problem uh, that we need saving from. And we won't say, we won't admit that we have chains that keep us in bondage that we need free from. And neither did the Jewish audience in Jesus' time. See, they were in denial. It would be like Jesus walking in this cafeteria right now and saying, Americans, you think you're free? You think you're free from bondage? You are not. And like the Jews, we would immediately have a denial problem and a pride problem. And this is what Jesus is trying to get at. You feel like you're in bondage today? For whatever reason, do you feel like you're in bondage? If you do, you're better off the, than the rest of the people in this room 
that think they're not in bondage. And Jesus is about to explain why. Look at verse, I mean, look at point three. Verse 34. Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. Only the son remains forever. If the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you're an offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak to what I have seen of my father, and you do what you've heard from your fathers. There's this ongoing idea in the Bible between slavery and sonship. See, the religious folks in Jesus' day, and even today, trusted in the fact that they knew all the right words, that they did all the right things, that they had their checks of do's and don'ts, they knew how to put on a religious front, and they didn't know the first thing about the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit and developing a deep relationship with them. They had religion, and they had no relationship. They were slaves and not sons and daughters of God. Therefore, they were in bondage. Bondage to what? Themselves, their sins, their pride, whatever you want to say, but they're in bondage. Until you experience the freedom of a relationship of being adopted as a son of God, you're in bondage. Why? Because truth is not a set of facts. Truth is not about a bunch of true statements. Here's the most important part of what I'm about to say. Truth in the Bible is a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. Here's what I mean, and y'all know it to be true. We know if you're just telling people about what is true, and even reminding others of true things, it doesn't change their lives. The only remedy for my problems and your problems is not, and the people around us, is not more religion. It's not going to church more. It's not better advice. It's not even reading the Bible more. But it's Jesus. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm the way. I am the truth. See, it's the difference between telling a person that is struggling with depression or addiction or problems in their life about what is right and wrong and telling them what they should think versus being Jesus to them by way of who, meaning dignifying them, loving on them, listening to them, just letting them know you're there for them. And you all know it to be true because you've had people in your life in moments where you've hurt the most. They're just trying to give you more truth. And you just want them to treat you like a human being. Why? Because truth is that we need is really relational. One makes you feel like you're dismissing their feelings and just telling them what to do. The other, the way that Jesus did it, is transformative. One leads to self-righteousness and the other leads to relationship and love. You want to know uh, if you're really concerned more in your life with religious truth versus the truth of the person of Jesus Christ? You want to know why? I'll give you a checklist. It's not comprehensive. But if these things are true in your life, you generally prefer religious truth over the person of Jesus who is the truth. If you're more concerned about getting things right in your life instead of receiving God's forgiveness, if you're more concerned about getting others getting things right instead of their knowing Jesus. If you're judgmental and angry with the people around you more than you try to help. If you want to control your life and you have the desire to control the decisions of others. 
or if you often control your own problems and situation without asking for help. If you often compare yourself to the people around you and you become defensive when people criticize you. If you're more concerned with the people around you and their behaviors and actions more than being interested in finding out the kind of person that they truly are. If you find yourself trying to fix people in situations instead of trusting God and His plans and your timing, if those things are true, then you are have more of a relationship with religious truth or just truth as statements and not truth as presented in the person of Jesus because that's really what we need. What is truth? Right? That's the truth. That's how you view truth. So what does it mean to be free? What's this idea here? If Jesus is the truth, and we know that's what we need, so what's the freedom part of that? It starts, first of all, with us being honest about ourselves and how we view others. Though we will never be perfect in our earthly lives, Christ sets us free from the power of sin and even the guilt and the shame and gives us freedom to fulfill the purpose of thriving and being in a right relationship with Jesus to be the per and, and God and to be the person that we truly were made to be, to flourish as a human being. And then, when we get a taste of that, then we'll start to live as sons and not slaves. A friend of mine, uh, we were having a discussion around this last week, a friend of mine took a poll on Facebook uh, meant to, to find out what freedom was to the people around them. And came, they came to the realization of what people were really needing and what they really wanted when they were honest and deeply uh, satisfied with the freedom they got was to know that they were truly loved and accepted no matter who they were and no matter what they had done or that they hadn't done. Let me repeat that. That they were truly loved. True freedom would be that they were truly loved and accepted and valued no matter who they were or what they had done and what they hadn't done unconditional love. This is what Jesus means when he's saying the truth will set us free. We were meant to know truth, yes, but the truth in Jesus Christ himself. We were created to be in communion with our Creator, to be in a friendship with our Father, to be in relationship with Him. Because only there are we going to get that kind of freedom that I just described. We were made in the image of God to know God, to serve God, to love God, and we are invited in that relationship of truth and freedom and love into the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, into the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. That's the freedom that, that we're made for. That's the experience. That's the freedom that I want us all to strive for in relation to giving up, trying to do it ourselves, and, and pursuing a relationship with Jesus as he pursues it with us. And that's the thing we celebrate every week here at the communion table. Let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful that you're not calling us to fall in love with some encyclopedia of knowledge because it would be so unsatisfying and we would be so proud of our knowledge that we had gained by memorizing the Bible more or just acting like uh, we're better than others by what we do and don't do or what we know and what we don't know or what we think. But you have broken it all down for us and said, no, 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 truth is a person. Help us to relate to others that way. Help us to know more what that means. Or we crave relationship. We don't crave religion. We're tired of the do's and don'ts. 
We're tired of doing it on our own. We're tired of trying to find favor by just doing all the right things, knowing that it never satisfies. Lord, help us to pursue the favor that's only done by giving up our work and resting in the work that Jesus Christ has done. This is his name that I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.